We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lightyears, Andy Lou, the Warriors just won. Joe Lacob, another $15 million gate receipt at Chase Center. Life is good. The basketball team lost by 10 points, 109-119, but the business technology media company is out ahead right now. <laughs> uh yeah hey look you you made a funny joke on uh, on playback by the way those who want to watch the game with sam and i uh we are on playback most of the games uh you know if this means that the warriors spend a little extra money and then they get to keep a couple extra players are we mad about this loss <laughs> right uh so there you go it's going straight to the luxury tax is what uh is what this game is it's tax yeah, I mean, it's like, here's my feeling. It kind of sucks to not sweep, but they're up 3-0. They just blew a game. I'm personally not concerned that they're going to, like, give this series away right now. Like, it doesn't feel like any of it matters. So I can't get too worked up over a loss. Now, we're, we're going to talk through it. We're going to talk right. through what we saw. But, like, personally – I'm like a two out of ten on the pin. I look, man, it's it's really hard to sweep a basketball team, any team, right? The Warriors could have played respectable team, I'm not talking OKC, but like let's say they play the Clippers four times, they're not beating them four. It's just hard to beat any team four times in a row. They play Minnesota, right? It's hard to beat any team four. It's especially hard to beat a team with Luka Doncic on it four times in a row. So you know, this is what happens. And also, you got to beat them on the road, right? It's this is not the sixteen seventeen Warriors where they run through anyone right anyone and everyone so i'm with you i'm on a very low panic scale uh with this team the, the fake comeback didn't didn't hurt right that that was that was pretty cool to watch but i think overall the warriors didn't play well the starters didn't play well steph Trey, clay pool nobody played well um but that happens and i think with the warriors you, you get some rest there in the fourth quarter and you go back and uh try to win it on thursday like like kind of like what happened with memphis yeah. So, so I mean, if we want to talk about this game, let, yeah. let's get to the let's yeah. get to the stuff that matters. Memphis, or sorry, <laughs> Dallas, rain threes on them. Um, they finished with 20, 20 for forty three. It doesn't really matter. I think the most defining quality of the modern NBA is if you're playing a good team 
and your effort level is low, they're going to hit 23s on you. Like, that's how it was. Like, watching the Warriors tonight, I saw a team who played with regular season energy defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And you play with regular season energy against a team with urgency, they're going to rain threes on you. It doesn't matter who it is. Dallas is a pretty good shooting team. I don't think they're a great shooting team, but they're a good shooting team. They they were hitting threes. I, I don't think the Warriors made it uncomfortable in any way. And so so that's the first thing. You you can't beat teams in the playoffs if you don't bring a certain amount of energy with the level of shooting every team who gets this deep has. It's it's just it's gonna go this way. Yep. Uh, the, the Bavs pretty much alternate. We're starting to say they pretty much alternate bad shooting and good shooting performances, right? Uh, especially for a high variance team like they are, right? Game one shot terrible. Game two shot the roof off, but got cold in the second. Still made twenty one threes. Uh, game three not very good, right? And then we'd see tonight game four. They this was the first game that they shot consistently well throughout an entire game, uh, and they're able to close it out. So game five, I mean. I, going to predict it at some point but I, I think the Warriors blow them out like they, they get a good 15 point 20 point win but I think this is the this is also what the modern NBA is though right like well, this is this is a Steph Curry ruined the game type of game where every team is shooting threes non-stop and you're seeing a team like Dallas that's not necessarily great shooting like you said they get hot tonight and then the Warriors didn't come ready to play I have part of that though Sam to me feels like it's a team that is older and they know that they just can't come to every game 100% fired up to play, right? I, I think this letdown was, was we saw coming, and it's hard to, I think, expect a team where your three best players are all over 30 to come prepared like that. So I, I don't know if I'm too annoyed by that. Yeah, I mean, it would be better if they did. But my, <laughs> sure. my, my... <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think they can is the question. Th- it's like... Yeah, I guess my overall take on this game was I don't think Dallas uncovered a wrinkle like in terms of like, oh, we found something that's going to annoy them. I think they just brought better energy than the Warriors. And I think the Warriors kind of came out flat. Dallas got hot. And that's what that was. So in terms of like going into game five and all that sort of stuff, like. I don't really see a reason for the Warriors to be panicked. I just see a team that needs to spend some time icing everything, getting themselves ready, and coming out with better energy. I I think Steve Kerr and the coaching staff in some ways tried to prevent this with some weird rotations earlier in the second half. And some energy stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was like you put Kuma and Good Moody out there like, okay, no Otto Porter, obviously no GP2, obviously no Andre Iguodala. Those would be the main guys off the bench with Jordan Poole. They're out of there. He's searching for guys who can bring energy because let's be real. At this point, can we, can we just call it what it is? Like Clay's not a guy who can play 40 minutes a game and not have a certain amount of drop off. Like you need, and I'm, I'm not saying it is a bad thing. Like, yeah, shocker, dude. Two major lower leg injuries. Maybe he's not the Iron Man he was before, right? Um, <laughs> Steph is 34. Like I think Steph's in better shape than 99.9% of the NBA, but you can go through down the list. Like they do need to find ways to buy minutes for some of these guys and some of the depth injuries. Like you can just see they're trying to figure that out. Yeah. That, that, that stuff was rough. I think, um, and you're seeing Draymond, I mean, to finish off the third guy that you didn't mention, Draymond didn't even come back into the game. 
Um, and I think part of that is not because Bielitsa was amazing, even though he was very good. I think part of that is you got to stop and start with the knees. Like you can't just you can't just take him out and then put him back in with three minutes to go. It's a little bit easier for someone like Steph and Wiggins and, and even Clay, but it, it's not easy for someone like Draymond. So I think they didn't even bother and, and they kept him out of the game. I, I do think, you know, a couple of things about, you know, on the optimistic side, maybe this is a long term thing. But I thought uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga played very well tonight. Um, I, I thought the bench minutes where they uh, went minus eight uh, when the game was still competitive, I didn't think that was their fault. I thought Jordan Poole was atrocious tonight. Um, so I didn't think it was their fault. But those two guys I thought defensively were solid. Uh, not great, but they were okay. They tried to execute the game plan. I think offensively they just had a bunch more juice, don't you think? Like getting to the rim, shooting threes, kind of cut. Like they, they felt like they could stay on the court. Maybe not in this series, but it's very promising for those guys, I think, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look, there's a reason the lead got cut with the backup unit, not the starting <laughs> unit. Like there to me it was like I say, I don't think Dallas figured anything out tactically on how to figure out the Warriors. I think they just brought better energy than the Warriors most of the game. Like they were sending a hard double at Steph early in the game. I don't think it bothered the Warriors. They knew exactly yeah, how to play. Yeah, I it. thought that was interesting, I guess. I thought that was I, interesting. It, yeah, but I, did, did you think it actually made the Warriors uncomfortable? Uh, no, I think the Warriors would have figured it out. No, 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 I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think if they were at home, I think when they're at home on Thursday, I think they'll figure it out. But I think, you know, maybe it knocked them off kilter a little bit tonight uh, for a couple of minutes. And in a game like this for a team that shoots this many threes, right, you're you're looking at these role players. Like, if the game's close tonight, you think Bullock's hitting that three in the end. Like, you, you, you think Maxi Kleba's hitting those shots when the game's tight, right? It's a different game. I think when the when the Mavs are playing free and easy up eight, then those guys are going to hit those shots, just what role players are, right? So, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, um, but I'm with you. There's not, I don't, I don't really blame the Warriors for this loss tonight. It it is what it is. You can't win every game. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the series. It was. Um, I mean, it, it's a weird like. Okay, they they didn't sweep, but I I don't necessarily feel too bad about it. Like I'm trying to run through other things that were important in this game because I feel like really all it comes down to is how much energy they're going to play with in the next game. Like I didn't see anything from Dallas. I just, I I'm sorry. Like Luca did the same thing he did last game. Reggie Bullock did the same thing he did last game. He just hit more shots. Like they they didn't do anything different this game. No, no. there's, there's nothing for, for Warriors. What, you, what, did, you, what did you think about the bench unit? what did you think about that? What did you think about the, the way they played? And then Steve Kerr kind of, Put Steph back in for the first, for the last four, and then Clay and Wiggins for the last three or so. Yeah, I mean, I think it is what it is. They have no GP two, they have no Otto Porter, they have no Andre Godala. They went deeper in the bench. Um, it it Loki kind of worked to be honest. Like I thought they got really good minutes out of the young guys. Um, not great minutes, but like better than you would have expected from Kuminga and and Moody. In general, like would you have, they, would you have put Steph back in? Would you have put those guys back in? Yes, he was down to eight. Of course, you have to put Steph back in. Like I'm sorry, like they're not going to close that game with Steph on the bench. I, I understand, I understand the sentiment of they've cut the lead, let them play the whole way, but like sorry, it's not going to happen. You you kind of have to ride Steph. You have to you have to you have to go with your guys. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should we uh, should we make tonight a little short episode and just get to the goons now? Yeah, let's get to the goons. Let's riff off the goons tonight. All right, goon time. <laughs> Ryan, what's hey. up, bro? Nothing much. The the fake comeback, at least you could say the Mavs didn't get to rest anyone. Like you go look and they played all their guys forty minutes a night while our guys are at thirty, twenty six, thirty one. You get the point. So we. The, the bench did their job in that regard, making Kid have to play that card. And I actually like the belly minutes. I'd like to see some belly if Otto is out. I, I think next to Draymond, it could work well, considering the Mavs really don't have dribble penetration outside of Luka. So I'm not really scared of anything per se. I'd like to see some belly. And yeah, good, good, uh, good game to get the lead down, fought hard. Uh, these games are going to happen. They were 19 of 33 from three at one point. So just happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the call, Ryan, by the way. You know, I, sometimes I, I I think in these type of games, if you're Steve Kerr, I, what was funny is that he – what he saw from the bench was what he wanted in the second quarter is what it was. Uh, he got it a little bit late, and I think part of it is when the game's closer, guys that you know don't usually play uh, – they're not ready, right? Like in, in the, in the second quarter, they're not as good. And then when it's 25 points down, you kind of, kind of play free of, free of mind and kind of do whatever you want. And it kind of worked out for the Warriors. And then when the game gets close, you're kind of back to, back to kind of who you were before. So I, I think Steve tried to find the energy in the second quarter, but it's hard. It's just hard when they're, your players just aren't ready to play those type of games. Like, like, like for example, Kaminga's, Kaminga had some really good minutes. I think he almost had like 20 points and he did a lot of good things, but you can see he doesn't sense the moment, right? They're, they're down 10. They're trying, trying to get into single digits and he's just driving into Luka and in transition. And you're just like, well, you're either going to get a charge or you're going to get stripped, right? And that happened twice. So it's just, that's the, that's the thing when you play young guys. And I think that's why Steve never wants to play young guys, but it's not his fault. They have no choice. They, they just, Damian Lee played play tonight. You think Steve wants to play him? They have no choice. So, um, I, I did think Bielitsa played pretty well. Uh, Ryan makes a point. I think Bielitsa is is a guy I think against Luca where he doesn't he doesn't jump 
right? He doesn't jump. And it's, it's kind of like similar to Looney, where if you can get someone that doesn't jump, that could kind of stay in front of Luca, that's a good matchup. I don't know if he'll play game five, but there was a reason why he closed the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um, let's get to next. Let's get to Mick. Mick, what's up, man? What's good, brothers? Yeah, um, yeah, a bit, a bit sad, but it's amazing to see the rookies like play this um, kind of game. I love Moses Moody. I love Moses Moody, but yeah, guys, like I agree. Um, Yelitsa, like um, what Ryan said earlier, Yelitsa should, you know, should get some minutes next game. I um I agree that um pairing him up with Draymond will you know, will make uh, will do wonders, but um we'll bounce back. I was ready to um bust out my Tino game, but hey, let's do it on Thursday. I appreciate it, Mick. Andy, let me ask you this. Actually, this is a good time to do a stock check on this one. Um, let's talk Kuminga and Moody. We're about to go full hipster. Um, first off. Where are you with them both as Warrior players? Uh, I think Moody's a better player in the postseason right now. Is that a hot take? <laughs> I just, I, I think he's smarter. I think he's he's on more under control. He doesn't make as many. Actually, I don't even know if he does make mistakes. He's way better defensively. Um, I think Kaminga's got the flashes. He's got the cool leaping ability. He can put some pressure on the rim, but the, he's not a winning basketball player the way Moody is right now. That's where I'm at right now. Right now. Not in the okay, what do you say to the fact that Kuminga had eight rebounds in 22 minutes and was plus nine? Like, I do think Kuminga tonight and at, playing way, with Moody, by the way, most of those just, with Moody. Just but, to be yeah. clear, you're correct about how Kuminga's played most of the postseason. I just think tonight he had a moment. Yeah, you did. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, now, now let's play. Let's play Nostradamus. Let's get Andy's <laughs> like. Let's get Andy's. Scout hat on. All right, let's start with Moses Moody. Moses Moody had a an excellent game, four for seven, ten points, two rebounds, two steals, generally making the right play in twenty-ish minutes. Um, where are you at with Moody as a prospect for this Warriors team going forward? Like, you know, give me both like the short term and like. The Andy Lou is like way too excited long term. Well, so I'll give you, you could do Kaminga. I'll do Moody because I'm high on Moody. So I, I think short term, I think he's, he's a winning player just as quickly as next season. Um, you, you don't have to look farther than literally right across the court at Dorian Finney Smith. I think Moses Moody is exactly what a Dorian Finney Smith type of player is. Very, very good defensive player. I mean, and then you can see like your Danny Green types, right? You're talking about. How great yeah, like, that guy that, is. That, that's like the most obvious comp that he gets. Because, like, they're one. kind of the same size, yeah. Yep. So very good defensively. Maybe not Mikhail Bridges elite, but very good. And then they're, you're going to be very, very good. You leave them open from three, they're going to make it. You leave them a lane to the hole, they're going to make a shot. And that's a $60 million player, right? Like Finney Smith is and probably underpaid, honestly. So I think that's what Moody – That that's his, I think, floor, actually. I think that's where he's going to get regardless Ceiling, I, I just I don't know. I, I just we haven't seen him play enough. The ceiling's in the handle. I mean, I think the same thing is Kaminga. If Moody's going to figure out how to actually get his own shot, then does he become Chris Middleton? I don't know. I have no idea. We're going to have to wait till next season to see. I love the hedge because you you're just like you're you're not into being a draft prognosticator. <laughs> By the way, prognosticator is a great word. 
Um, but like you're you're not into being that guy because I I know you. You're like I, I can pretend I'm I'm in the gym being like you know being like a fucking uh, skills trainer. You know, like that's, <laughs> not, that's not your style. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Yeah, Andy Hamlin, not nothing. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk Kuminga then. Um, I'll go first. I thought this was easily Kuminga's best postseason game. Um, outside of like yeah, garbage time in game one maybe right or yeah, round one. I think he he brought the appropriate amount of energy. I also thought, you know, gun to head, uh, Moody still was probably better than him in terms of just like subtleties of like where to box out and getting loose balls. But with that said, the way Moody's improving and he he really does seem like a player who responds to challenges to me. Like he does seem like the guy who gets mad when coaches say like, you're not doing that. And then like has to prove a point that he can do it. Um, I, I think he's closer to being a winning player for the Warriors than we give him credit for. It's just next year is going to be weird because I think he's going to have moments where he looks like a superstar and moments where he doesn't. And there's going to be fans probably pining for him to play more. And then you got the coaching staff who's like, Calm down. I do it like this. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I, I, I think it's exactly. So what I was thinking about the other day is they're ju- those two guys are just going to take uh, Damian Lee and JT's minutes. I mean, and, and it's no fault to those two veterans who have made their way into the NBA through hard work and, and, and determination. But these two kids are going to get all the rotation minutes that those guys had in the regular season. It's, it's literally as easy as inserting one over the other. Uh, I think this season has been the hey let's let's let them figure stuff out. But Sam, I, you gotta say like these these kids are gonna get fifteen twenty five minutes next season for those guys at least. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where it's uh, it's gone better than the Wiseman thing. Like there's no other around it. Hey, so. we don't talk about Big Wise right now in the postseason. All right. It's- we 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 don't talk we don't talk about big gym between April and July. <laughs> well, but, but between July and July. Uh, so the the other thing too is, it's cool that these guys are getting these big minutes, isn't it? That that's the yeah. other thing is they're getting really. Uh, this is Western Conference Finals crunch time minutes that these guys were playing in the fourth quarter. Hey, they were down twenty whatever, but I think that's great experience to have. Like, this is better experience to have than to play a couple games in December where you nobody gives a shit, right? Where you get to do Agreed. whatever you want. So cool. I think very cool learning experience for the two rooks that the Warriors have. Agreed. All right, let's get let's keep moving. Omar, it's been a while. Hello, Sam. Hello, Andy. Yes, sir, long time no see. Hello, sir. I don't mean to be an asshole, but it was not cool to see these rookies playing <laughs> the Western Conference Finals. It was not cool. I mean. Steph was going off in the first quarter, in the first half, and he sits on the bench, and we have like a two-point game or whatever it is, and you just see that lead that Dallas has ballooning. And, you know, I'm glad that they showed a lot of grit towards the end, but these guys aren't positive contributing players right now. Like, being a garbage time all-star isn't moving me like that. Yeah, but, like, let me ask you this, okay? Both those players had a positive plus-minus in this game. Better things happen when they're on the court than they weren't. Like, this team got blown off the court, not in the first run, but, like, that second run when the starters came in. Like, I I, I have a hard time putting 
this game yeah. on Moody and Kuminga. I would I would agree, I agree with you if the starters were playing well and then you put like like the quintessential Steve Kerr game where it's like, you know, it's 48-46 and then he just decides to get cute and throw Kuminga out there and everything goes to hell. But that isn't what happened. I agree. So I'm not mad at the rookies. I don't even know that I'm mad at Steve Kerr in particular because if you look at our team, like what are you going to do? You're going to play Damian Lee, JTA. They haven't been right. earning that trust currently. But it's just – I guess it's just frustrating that we have to turn to these rookies at this point because as, you know, as much as Kaminga showed flashes, we're in the game with Steph Curry and he's looking off of Steph you know, when Steph has a chance to have an open three. And he's yeah, it's rough. Himself. You have Kuminga and Draymond, you know, taking more attempts from there than Steph Curry in a game. And it's, I, just, it's just, this is our situation. Um, yeah. I like, I would, I would love for them to be successful. I think they can be. It's just hard to watch, like, get invested in development right now, personally. I, I hear you, Omar. I appreciate the call. I, I, it, I get where he's coming from on this, yeah. Those are Otto's minutes, right? Like, Otto makes that pass. Which, speaking of, you think Otto plays on Thursday? Mm-hmm. I'm going 50-50. That just, yeah. like, full yeah. gut. Do you think they can win without Otto? Yeah, of course. All right, you're 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 the Warriors. I tell you, eh, it's better if Otto gets a couple more days. Do you play him? No. No. All right. Yeah. No, because I, I think that's I think that's where they're at with it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I and I think they'd say no. At game six, if it somehow goes to God forbid this goes to game six, yeah, Otto's playing, right? If it, it goes to game like, if it goes to game six, my mood's going to be significantly worse than on Thursday. Yeah, Andre Godala's playing game six. He's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna put a jersey over the polo. Um, let's keep moving. Dan, what's up, man? Hi guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can going? hear you. What's going on, man? Sorry, I wasn't expecting you guys to put me on stage. Um, I just wanted to talk about today, not that the game matter in general, we up three round, it's fine, it happens, whatever. It's just GP's game today, I mean JP rather, it was just erratic all game, especially like in the second unit part, although with the rookies, I feel like he was the one tanking the lineup with all the defense breakdowns. And I feel like he's the one that missed the most GP2 in these lineups and in this series, especially because, boy, is he rough on defense. Not uh, Jordan Poole's finest moment. A question for you, Sam. Uh, Do you think teams figure out Jordan Poole in a playoff series after three games? I think you sound like Steve Kerr. Um, Steve Kerr is (laughs) complaining about too too much dribbling. I do think... I mean, it's subtly a thing. Like, like Jordan Poole is pretty mature for a younger player, but, like, the longer the series goes on, the more you can kind of figure some of the stuff out, right? Like, so, I, I get I, – I'm, I'm, like, 50-50 on that statement. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I also think my, my thing with Poole also is – And, and by, the way, by the way, to VZ, yes, my point is he's 22. I'm not going to kill him. That's the other thing. It's, it's I never get angry. I never get – annoyed to the point where i harp on it just because he's so young i think it's usually reserved for uh you know draymond right making mistakes and and, and steph and clay like it's more it's more annoying to see that stuff happen but yeah it's, it's 22 but he has to stop i mean he, he steve's right though by the way i feel like i'm now i'm coach kerr uh it's gotta stop dribbling the ball man <laughs> especially if you're not doing anything with it right dribbling and getting to the hole consistently great right but man um yeah let's keep it moving 
Yeah, I have a I have a quote for you. You're gonna enjoy this one. Jason Kidd, the biggest compliment we've gotten is they haven't played zone because or they have to play zone because they can't guard us one on one. Uh that's bait. That's classic coach bait. I think that's Jason Kidd playing mind games and saying like he he definitely wants the Warriors to start playing, right? <laughs> that's exactly what he wants, right? Uh, he's like, well, he wants to get the Warriors out of that zone uh, and is trying to go at their ego a little bit. And it's also funny because it's like, well, didn't you guys just double stuff at half court to start the whole game? <laughs> Talk about not playing man to man. What are we talking about here? Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, by the way, I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Poole being the fall guy on this whole thing. What are you talking about? Uh, just like Steve Kerr is also throwing out, oh, too much dribbling, too much this and that. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's, we all know what happens with the Warriors. When nothing's going, Jordan Poole tries to like make it happen with his dribble. It speaks more to other players not asserting themselves in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we all know that. I think uh, I think okay. Steve's also getting used to it, you know? Steve's got his guys to uh, get mad about. It's like it's like I get I love to get mad at Damian Lee. Steve's guy is Jordan Poole, so it's it's, it's that's his guy. <laughs> All right, let's give George a shot up here. George, what's up, man? Hey guys, um, in Dallas for the game. Oh, nice. Hey, sorry. Um, in <laughs> Dallas for the game, I don't think I'm quite as sanguine as sam i will say i've enjoyed your guys podcast uh all year guys you've done a wonderful job with great guests and great insight on uh you know short notice and not being able to rewatch. um i will say during the game it felt like the mavericks were just getting a ton of open corner threes with guys like bullock and, and dorian finney smith and kleber um and like they figured something out with the zone by pinning in um help with powell and, and kleber along the baseline. So I just think tactically that's got to be cleaned up a little bit. Uh, and it was, it was great to see the young guys, but man, coming in the second quarter, I mean, he must've been like minus eight and that just kind of blew the game wide open. Um, anyway, I think easy stuff to clean up. Warriors in five. Um, thanks for a great season. Y'all. Thanks George. George appreciates you. That's kind of where I'm coming out with it, by the way. I don't know how Andy feels about this, but like, it's like, it's not that, I thought Kuminga played amazing. It's that in that spell, I'm sitting here, I'm going like, I don't feel like Dallas figured anything out that mattered. Like, like I, they didn't do anything where I'm like, oh, how's how's Steve Kerr going to respond to that? You know, like, it, it just felt like one of those things where it's like, all right, go, go watch some film, get yourself a little more hyped up, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think uh... – the open corner threes is an issue. I, I think the Warriors have given up probably one of the most open corner threes this season, if you look at the yeah. numbers. So I think that's a problem. Um, overhelping, I think just defensive personnel has been changing so much with the amount of injuries that they have. There's less continuity. So um, I, you know, might be a problem moving forward. We'll see. We'll see. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Jake, what's going on, man? My bad, my bad, my bad. Oh, Oh, there we go. What's up, man? There we go. There we go. Uh, First time caller, long time listener. Uh, Quick, kind of like two points about Jordan Poole. Um... His defense has been pretty atrocious. I get he's young and stuff, but from like to take like a go off that steep of a cliff from like Memphis to the Mavs, I get Memphis. It's a bunch of like Jordan Poole's on that team. It's tough to guard. But Mavs are like a bunch of 3 and D guys. So, Luca, what do you guys think about his defense right now? And could it be a problem in the finals? That's a fair question. Okay. So, what do I think of him? In general, I think he's who he is. I think defensively he's fine now. Let's get to a more interesting question. Andy, what kind of role does Jordan Poole have in a a finals against the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics, both of which I would – I think we're on on the same page here, better defensively than the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. I mean, neither of them have Luca, so it's going to be much easier to defend, um, at, at least from that aspect. But especially Miami, who's, I mean, also Boston has offensive issues left and right. They could barely dribble. But I, Jordan Poole is going to have, I think, a tough series. Boston just, both. Boston, by the way, just the ball don't stop all star team where it's like, <laughs> because, they have, because they have a couple of dudes who can hit some fucking tough fadeaways. People are like, oh, right. Boston's right. amazing. I was like, dude, right. every. Every possession for them is a fucking root canal. Like, every, oh my god, I'm every so possession there. for the Boston Celtics is is painful. Like, I love them for what they are, but it's like, dude, they do not get easy buckets for anything at all, at all. Now they're defensive. They're they're defensively elite. They 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 damn near need Marcus Smart more offensively than they do defensively. Just just <laughs> to be, uh, it's I don't even know if it's a hot take. It's facts. Um, Jordan Poole, man, I. I think he'd probably rather see Miami. I think I think Miami has more missing gaps on defense, even though they're super disciplined. Uh, but I think he'd have a rough go at it against against Boston because Jordan Poole's big thing is he can get to the hole, which is what I think against Dallas. He still can have a big game here, game five. He can still take over and get to the hole. But if Time Lord's back there, if Robert Williams is back there, right, and and you've got some wings up up at the top, I think that's a tough tough series for Jordan Poole. But they're still going to need him. They're going to need him to play well. They they can't just win the NBA Finals without Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's gone this far, being the second you know second best ball handler on this team. They're going to need him to play well. I think it's just going to be better against Miami, easier. Also, hot take: I'm not sure Boston can take advantage of him defensively. I'm not sure. Wow. Jalen Brown can can expose him. Like I feel pretty confident actually that Marcus Smart can expose him. So wow. Not that he can play extended minutes. I'm curious to see if the Warriors can't get, you know, more interesting stretches against against him. Because they're I don't know, man. He's more of an issue versus a John Morant versus a uh 
versus a Luca versus guys who are like, I'm going to put you on an island and then I'm going to expose you to the world. You know, there's Jason Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm with you. I, it's, I think the more I watch Miami and Boston, the more I like Warriors' chances if the, if the Warriors can figure out how to beat Dallas one more time here. Uh, the more I like their chances just because I, I do think – I do think the Warriors defensively do match up pretty well against both teams. I just I don't see elite offenses. I think after after they guard Luka, it's going to be a little bit easier uh, to guard. You know, Jalen Brown shooting a step back, dribble, 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 step back, pull up three. You know, like, or just in that case, it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, man, if he's going to hit that shot, it is what it is, right? Yeah, you know, and it's Boston. They'll they'll hit they'll do that like twice a series, right? So you know, just win all the other games. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's going on, Josh? Hey, not much, not much. Um, you know, I was really – I was upset at the game for a minute when they were going down by so much. Uh, but I just want to, you know, shout out Moody specifically, I thought was really, really good defensively uh, in that zone there. I think he'll get minutes assuming we advance here in the finals, and I think he deserves them. Um and I also wanted to shout them out because they just put, you know, a little bit extra mileage on the uh, starters there for Dallas. And uh, my whole thing all series has been, um, I mean, Dallas has been running Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith like 40-plus minutes, uh, you know, with one day of rest in between games. Uh, it kind of makes sense why they've had, you know, 0 of 10 type of nights. So being able to just put on a couple more miles before they have to fly to San Francisco, play on the road, I think uh, – I think real shout out to those guys for not just throwing in the towel uh, when they definitely could have, you know, nobody would have blamed them really. I mean, they were down 29. So uh, I thought that was really really inspiring for me. I like it, Josh. I like it. I'm not sure I disagree with him, honestly. Uh, You know who's going to have a big game on on Thursday night, Samuel? Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Clay Thompson. Play play 28 minutes tonight. uh, Has been pretty mediocre all series outside of a couple big shots, which is classic Clay, but – I think we're going to get a big clay game. Only played 28 minutes tonight. So as to Josh's point, he didn't play his usual 41 minutes, <laughs> which he's been kind of doing all postseason. So I think we'll get a we'll never worry about Steph tiring, but I think we'll get a good clay game on uh, on Thursday night. Okay. Don't need one. Game five clay. Game six clay in game five. So, you know, tie. Yo, yo. Weird day. Weird game. Fucking Draymond missed a, a free throw and it just chilled on the run. Like Impressive. The, whole, the whole energy was obviously weird because of, you know, we live in a hellhole. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like, you know, as long as. You're an SF as, guy, Ty? You're an SF guy? Nah, nah. I'm saying. Oh, I was like, going to say. I mean, <laughs> nah, nah. I flew in for the for, for game two. Maybe I should fly in nice. for fucking game five. <laughs> but <laughs> the the as long as, long as they don't shoot 80% for the rest of the series, I think we'll right. be fine. I think it was cool that we were able to get. Uh, a lot of the, the, the kids' minutes, um, they don't help. Uh, but, you know, it was fun, I guess. Uh, yeah, not really to say about this game, honestly. Like, shit. <laughs> keep it moving. I mean, that's where Sam and I are at, right? You just, uh, get, sometimes the team the team plays better than you. I mean, look, that's sure. what happens, man. You're not, you're not the 2016-17 Warriors where you never lose to anyone. <laughs> unless yeah, this unless is the it. refs rig a game in the Cavs' favor, then you lose. But outside of that, you don't. This isn't a on, this isn't a deep analysis game. Like we we all <laughs> none of us are none of us are sitting here feeling like oh man Dallas figured something out. We're just like eh, the game went flat. Let's see let's see what happens when the Warriors come out with a little more energy. 
And then, you know, if the worst case happens, then we can start talking about some stuff. For sure. For sure. Last thing. Uh, I know y'all were saying like the Celtics uh, would probably, or I mean, you didn't quite say it because Sam trying to be political before the, before we get to the end of the series, but like Boston would be like the, the assumed more difficult matchup, but they can't dribble and Miami can get really, really hot. And I think like, there's a, there's a world where like Miami's like foot speed is a little better than Boston's and, and it could be weird. I don't know. Jimmy's a dog. But I love Jimmy. Love Jimmy. How how does Jimmy not get on an all NBA team? Makes no effing sense to me. I just Jimmy is, is Jimmy. Jimmy. By the way, I've I have two takes. I want to ask Ty a question after those. But my first take right. is Jimmy has the highest difference between his regular season play and his playoff Fair. play of anyone in the Fair. NBA. I mean, I think he played fifty ish games the regular season. He played well, but like you're, you're kind of watching. You're like, ah, oh, is Jimmy? Is it time? Is he? You know, and then the playoffs start, and you're like, no, 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 he's he's still one of the best players in the league, and I'm an asshole for ever questioning it. So th- that's part of it. But let me ask, let me ask Ty this. Okay, which team do you actually think is a more difficult matchup for the Warriors? Because you made the case for us dismissing the Heat, but you did not actually say which team you think is more difficult. Uh, I would I would say uh probably the Celtics just because like neither one of those teams can score for real and like Jalen and Jason over Jimmy and whoever the fuck on any given day. Masters. Um, I mean shit, uh, he's in, he's in daggers, but I mean uh, I don't know I don't know both of them neither one of them sees seven games so fuck. Wow. Better. There you go. Okay, there we go. Appreciate it, Ty. That's that's kind of take I'm going for. Wow. Josh, what's up, man? James, Jimmy okay, Harden. I, I feel like I got to defer to McWalter, but I'll I'll take the opportunity. Um, <laughs> I think one of the more zooming out a little bit, maybe just like assuming you get Game Five. One of the more interesting parts of the series has been like the media split on takes. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Where like TV and like the ESPN writers. And even the betting markets were sort of like in on the Warriors, but the podcast Illuminati was like fascinatingly down for the Mavs in a way that I think it's like fine if you picked against the Warriors, but it seemed like a lot of pods were like, are, are you also for the Mavs? Yeah, I'm for the Mavs. And like, that was kind of the whole take. And I'm just curious to hear like, what do you think, you know, assuming the Warriors win game five, what do you think people who picked the Mavs missed about the series? It's a great question. I love that question. I have a take on this. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. So the betting markets are responding largely to the public, and the public loves the Warriors. The people love the Warriors. The The public is always going to be like Warriors, Lakers, um, New York. That's like – it just is, right? And the Warriors are good enough that they can move the public money that way. Now, with the Mavericks thing – I fundamentally believe there was a certain segment of NBA intelligentsia fan and media who believed Phoenix was amazing. And so for Dallas to dismantle Phoenix, they're sitting here going, well, dude, this is Luca's moment. You know, like there's a lot of like, Phoenix, we we thought Phoenix was going to win. 
But Dallas beating them, okay, it will make sense because Luka is the next LeBron. So clearly they're going to beat the Warriors. And it's just not that because it starts with the fact that Phoenix is France. Sorry. They're not that <laughs> they're shit. not they're not that good. They're fine. They're like a fancy Utah Jazz. Hold on. <laughs> they did are. you bring that take all the way back to I the did. fact that I Phoenix did. is frauds? That is I, look. I just come on. We need a round of applause. That do you not work. do you not think that the Dallas Love Fest is not at least partially tied to the fact that a lot of people thought Phoenix was like really good as opposed uh, to just just solid. They're like they're like a fine team. There's nothing wrong with them, but like they're they're not like dude, they're not a dynasty, you know? I dude, I so first off, I had no idea you were going there. I, I think that's an incredible take. I did not see that. I did not think that. Um, so I, I think you're right though. Uh, I think for sure, I think a lot of NBA media definitely felt like Phoenix was the number one team in the, in the world by a large margin this season. I also think, you know, NBA media is white and Luca's white. They need, no, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I think the Warriors. But are, are you sure. kidding? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I just think that, um, the Warriors didn't play very well in the postseason in terms of the way that many have seen the Warriors play during their dynasty run. I, I think people are very used to Warriors going, you know, 20 and two run, right? Steph is making eight threes a game. Clay's going off and this and that. And then the Warriors dismantling a team in four to five games. And I think that, what, oh my God, the Warriors didn't do that, right? They only, they only beat, Memphis, they beat Memphis in six games. And, you know, the, the Denver wasn't very good. And Jokic has no help. So I think they start to kind of believe their own shit and then kind of recency bias kind of worked in Dallas's favor. But I like your take better than my take. I, I think it I is do, a lot of the Phoenix thing. I'm, you know, not to, not to be that guy, but I do feed into your take a little bit where the Warriors are held to the standards of the 73 win Warriors, oh. whereas no one else is held to that standard. So it's yeah. just like the Warriors are just, let's be real. This isn't as good as the 73 win Warrior team. No. And, and it's not even like a like we're mad at them. It's just like that team was so good that anything a future Warrior team does, you're like, well, they're not as good as they used to be. As a instead of comparing them to just the league as a whole, just just the NBA exactly. It's like Steph, right? Just because Steph is not uh, shooting 44 percent from three on on 13 threes a game doesn't mean he's still not the best player, right? So it's like exactly. They're held, they're held up somehow to their own standards. <laughs> and it's, uh, guess what? They're still one win away from the NBA Finals is, is the crazy part. And they're going to be favored to win the NBA Finals. When it comes down to it, they'll be favored in that series too. Karima. Hey, guys. So, all right. So my whole, uh, you know, feeling that sweet, that didn't happen. But uh, what I can, and I think what we should take from this, the fact that we did see this second unit, really play, I think, decently on the road, they should play better at home in this game five because I don't think that we're going to have Otto go out there, especially with the little foot issue. So i rather him get as much rest as possible because, yes, we are going to the finals. And I don't care who we take on, Miami, Boston, because those two teams are – they just, nobody wants to win over there, but guess who wants to win? We do and we will. But 
your thoughts on just seeing that second unit play. Don't you think that this should carry over to the home court and they will play better? Because look, Damian Lee did hit some shots. That's all I'm going to say. Night-night. I <laughs> appreciate you. Andy, your thoughts? Calling it right now. Damian Lee, big three, game five. My guy, friend of the show, Damian Lee. Big three in the first half, Thursday night. Just remember this. You front I, I feel dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do actually think that, like, I think they got some solid minutes out of some of those old guys and some of the young guys. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. We hit it on it earlier in the show. I'm excited. I, I actually think game five is actually going to be really exciting now. I think the Warriors blow them out. <laughs> I think. I, this feels like a uh, – we're going to let Walter close it out, I think, here. But I, I think this felt like a uh, last and, you know, kind of game for Dallas versus a let's try to push this to six or seven. But, you know, give you a McWalter. You know what, Andy? You are spot fucking on. That's how the entire playoffs has been these last few games, both in the East and the West, where you come out hot and then the next day you look like absolute dog shit. And that's exactly what's going to happen to Dallas on Thursday. We're going to come out and just smoke them in the first half, put these guys to bed. Seth might even be doing his bedtime nap in the third quarter on these fools. I don't think they're going to really have much to offer. They had to play the guys way longer than they should have in a blowout. They basically let us crawl back into us, gave our reserve guys life. So if we have to use them at all on Thursday, they're going to have some confidence. Well, that was stupid to Dallas. Put your foot on the neck and finish the blow up. But they're not even capable of doing that. And Jason Kidd is making smug jokes in the media. Oh, I guess I can't really guard us one-on-one. Do you want to know why? Because he doesn't have shit to say because he doesn't know what to do. He isn't that great of a coach yet. He literally has no counters for us. We're totally going to blow these guys out. No one should be down about this game. We should be stoked that we got some time in with the rookies. Sure, we're pissing our starters shit the can today. But, hey, you know, it happens. We came out in the second half. We did it again in fucking bed. But, you know, whatever. The rooks came in. They did what they needed to do. And we got some confidence going to this game. Like Karina just said, hey, our world guy's got some confidence. That's going to help us a ton. And our starters ain't going to look like shit on Thursday. Everyone should be pumped. Get out there. Go Dubs. What a way to end it. I appreciate everyone. We're going to be back after the game on Thursday. Go. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.